You are listening to the She Means Profit podcast with Melissa Houston, CPA, financial strategist for CEOs, and a Forbes.com contributor. She Means Profit is a podcast dedicated to helping small business owners just like you become a master at your finances without confusion so that you can increase your profit and net worth. With over 20 years of experience working with business owners, I'm sharing with you real and actionable advice that will give you the tools to take your financial power back. Let's make some major money moves together. Lisa Johnson is a multi-seven-figure global business strategist who makes 90% of her money through passive or semi-passive income streams. In one launch alone during the global pandemic in 2021, she made $3 million in one week, earning $1.2 million in the first hour of sales with continued success in 2022 when she made $2.5 million in one week. Her business now makes over $7 million a year. Lisa is a huge believer that anyone can become a success, no matter their background. Lisa is an ambassador for the charity Bullies Out and is known for her anti-bullying campaigning online. Lisa lives in Bedfordshire, UK, with her husband and twin sons, but coaches around the globe and has held business retreats in LA, Malta, New York, London, and Croatia. Hello, Lisa. Welcome to the She Means Profit podcast. I'm so happy to have you here with us today. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to talk to you today. Yes, I'm excited to talk to you because you have a new book coming out and I want to hear all about it. I do. It's coming out very soon. I'm very excited about it. Okay, so before we get talking about your book, do you want to just give us a little bit of background on who you are and how you help people? Sure. Yeah. So I am a business strategist that helps people make money online semi-passively generally through things like courses, memberships, affiliate marketing, workshops, anything that doesn't mean that you're trading time for money. I've been doing it for about five years. Uh, Mum of twins who are 11 now and an absolute lover of travel is kind of what I do and who I am. Oh, that's fantastic. Now I have to grab onto something because I love that you use the word or I, and I, it's the first time I've heard anybody use it. So I'm going to say that you coined this term and it's <laughs> semi-passive income. Yeah. Because nothing's passive really. Is it? I know. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> let's not, let's not be around the verge. Nothing is passive, especially yeah. like in the first year or two, while you're getting everything set up, you're working harder than normal people in normal businesses work to yeah. make things passive later on. Exactly. So I love that you use that phrase because a lot of what I write about, what I talk about is like, there's passive income, but it really is not passive. No. So if you want to just, you know, get into a little bit more detail about how you define semi-passive income, that would be great. So I kind of think of it as as anything that's no longer trading time for money. So if you think about anything in a normal business, let's say you're a web designer, you make a website and that's your time and then you get paid for it. You make another website and then you get paid for it. And if I'm honest, that's what I was doing in the first year of my business. I was 
coaching people or consulting with people one-to-one and they would pay for my time, a bit of my experience, but a lot of it was my time. Like they'd pay for like a block of hours and then I'd get paid. But the problem with that is I got sick. I burned out like three times. And Mm. so, you know, it wasn't working for me, this normal business model. And so I started to look at other business models and found what they were calling as passive income streams. And actually spent over six figures learning every type of passive income stream I could get my hands on to see what would work. So semi-passive to me just means not trading time for money. And if you think about it in the way of, let's say, a course. So in that first year that I was working, my hours, I guess, were probably around not much less than about 80 hours a week. And that's crazy. And you're that's a lot people. of hours. There's so many. And I had yeah. a whole lot of twins. And so I was working 80 hours and I made around, remember, this is revenue, not profit. I made around 220,000. Mm-hmm. And then in the second year, when I added in these different revenue streams that I'd learned about, like the semi passive income, like courses, memberships, things like that, I was working by the end of that year less than 30 hours a month <laughs> rather than a week. And I was making over a million in revenue. That's amazing. And it kind of just made me think, okay, I you know, people people say semi-passive isn't passive. So what's the point of it? But if you take a course that you've written, you know, let's say you've written the PowerPoint slides and you've written the workbooks and you put it, you know, just passively on a website. That's what I did in my second year. And people were, you know, that was completely passive there. And I I had to market a little bit, but I didn't really have to do much else. And people were buying it and I was making money. But then I felt integrity wise, like I didn't know whether that course was working because I was getting no feedback because these people weren't working with me. I didn't know if they had questions and there was no one to ask them. Mm. And so I decided instead to deliver it live over instead of 10 weeks where they go and do it on them on their own I would actually turn up live on zoom once a week for 10 weeks and I would deliver it live they could ask their questions and I would know if it was working or not and people say well that's not very passive but if you think about the hours that's still 10 hours of my time each time I deliver that because I've already written everything I've already written the marketing material so it's 10 hours if somebody was to pay me for 10 hours of my time it probably would have cost me back then around 10,000. For the same 10 hours, I was making 300,000 mm-hmm. on the course. So it's semi-passive is still good. And, and people think that it might not be worth it. And what's the point? But actually, if you're leveraging your time. That is everything. Absolutely. When you look at the numbers, numbers don't lie, right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so let's talk about your book, which the title I absolutely love. And that is make money online. Yes. And who doesn't want to make money, right? Keep it simple, right? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So where did the idea of the book come from? So the truth is, I never thought I would be able to get a book deal or write a book. And then I, my audience asked me to do a podcast And you know how hard a podcast can be. Like Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I'm not sure that I want that responsibility. (laughs) Podcast, a lot of work. Yeah. (laughs) And they were like, oh, come on. Like we want to listen to you in the car. Like it's really hard to watch your lives all the time. So I was like, okay, I'll do this podcast. 
And so I put this podcast out there and it got to number one in the UK business charts and no other podcast from somebody that wasn't famous had done that for two years. Amazing. But, which was crazy. And it was all my audience. My audience is so loyal and it was, it was them, not me. It was a very normal podcast. And when I look back at it, the first episodes were not good. No, we all say that. <laughs> yeah. And then because of that, the publishing companies here in the UK, what I didn't know is they listen to the podcasts to see if there's any like new people in the top coming up and whether they have a good story. And that's how they found me. So I was offered a publishing deal. I was on holiday and I, they, somebody rang me and said, we'd like to give you a preemptive publishing deal to write a book. And I was like, what? That's and amazing. It was crazy. And then a week later, I got another one. And there were top three publishing houses, both of them. So I didn't have an agent or anything. So I just kind of did it myself, like negotiated mm -hmm. between them until I found the, the one that was right for me. And then it was like, okay, now I'm going to have to write a book. And they said to me, I want you to write what you are most passionate about and what you know the most on. And so it became really obvious what I needed to write about because there are so many people in this world with knowledge and it's knowledge that they have that they don't realize they can sell because, you know, your knowledge is not common knowledge, but we often think it is. I speak to some of my clients, you know, one of my clients has, she's really good at hula hooping and she was like, yeah, but you can't make money out of hula hooping. I was like, yeah, you can. And now she makes 20000 a month from a hula hooping membership. And this Amazing. is what I mean. There's like so many people that have knowledge, whether it's on photography or potty training or how to get around Disneyland or, you know, random things, but they can make money from that if they know how to work the online system, you know, grow an audience, put courses out there. Because there's always somebody that will want your knowledge. And I truly believe that, Anybody that's heard the phrase, can I just pick your brains or take you out for a coffee and ask you a few questions? That means, can I buy your knowledge? Mm -hmm. for and sure. so I decided to write a book on exactly how to go about selling that knowledge. That's great. And in your book, you talk about mindset and how money mindset matters. And, you know, I'm all about like, let's get that money mindset working for you. Yeah. So do you want to maybe touch on a little bit about what you talk about in the book? I mean, obviously you don't want to give it all away, but yeah. why is money mindset important? It's massive to me because I grew up in council housing here in the UK, which I think is like your welfare system there. And so we grew up in poverty, a single parent family. It was my dad that raised us and brought us up. And there has been generational poverty in my family for, you know, generations. And everyone's living hand to mouth. Everyone's been in debt. And I was following the same path because I grew up in poverty. And then I was really lucky enough to get a scholarship when I was 11 years old to a very prestigious private school. And so I went, but I was bullied from day one for being poor because they were all picked up in their Bentleys and I was in the secondhand uniform, you know, you know mm -hmm. how kids can be. Mm -hmm. And so I started to make this connection from a really young age that rich people were bad people, that people with money were bad because all of the kids that were bullying me were rich. And because, you know, on my estate where I lived, if somebody came past in a really nice car, my family and friends weren't going, oh, look, at that's an amazing car. They were going, oh, look at that show off in the car. Mm. So everything was always that money was bad. And I didn't realize how much this was affecting me until I started my business. 
£30,000 in debt six years ago and started the business and found it really hard early on to start making money. And I couldn't understand why. And then I worked with a mentor who was all about money mindset. And I was a bit like, this sounds a bit fluffy. <laughs> she sounds a bit woo for me. <laughs> I'm not really into any of that. And she's like, just trust me. Just like have a look at the patterns in your life and what you're telling yourself constantly about money. And it was only when I did that work and realized that I had a really negative attitude towards money mm-hmm. and what it could do that I started to make money. And but, you know, it doesn't stop there. I've had to work on it the whole time. You know, when I got to revenue of seven figures and wanted to make multi seven figures, I still had to work on it again because then it was like people from where you come from don't make that kind of money. Mm-hmm. You know, poor people don't become millionaires and mm-hmm. all of that in my head. So I constantly have to work at it even now. Yeah. I always say that your mindset is like a muscle and you need to exercise that muscle to keep it in shape. Yeah. Right? You're so right. Yeah. And I love, I really appreciate you sharing this story because I see this with so many of my clients as well. And I'm sure a lot of listeners are going to be able to relate to this story because there's so much emotional drama when it comes to money. Right. Yeah. And, you know, like I have worked with people who have feelings about it, like you had when you started. And I have, you know, worked with people who who don't respect it and believe that it's always going to be in abundance. And then that takes you down a different path of debt yeah. and irresponsibility and stuff. So having a really good money mindset is so important for business owners. It really is. And just looking at money in a different way. Like mm-hmm. I always used to think of money, if I get money, I spend it. If I get money, I spend it. And then I started to, you know, no one tells you when you're 30,000 in debt and within two years, you're a millionaire. No one tells you what to do. No one helps you with that. Yeah. And so I had this money and I was just spending, you know, all the things I was never able to do in my life. Like let's buy all the things. And then I realized really quickly that actually money can make money Mm. and that I needed to think really differently about what wealth looks like. Mm -hmm. So rather than wealth being all the flashy things and, you know, all the nice handbags, and I do have a few of those, but, you know, thinking about, well, how can I make my money work better for me? Even if it's a small amount, you know, and I teach this to people now, even if they have a small amount, you can make that money work for you to make more money. Absolutely. um, I think that's really important lesson that we're not taught about at school. Yes, for sure. I always talk about how you need to preserve your wealth and get that money working for you and then enjoy life with the passive income that you're earning yeah from exactly that investment like that. yeah yeah i mean that is definitely the secret of the wealthy people so everybody needs to know this secret right why aren't we taught it i know right <laughs> it's crazy but- that that's in school everything's about things that you're never going to use but if someone just taught you about money and business and budgeting and well i know i know we budget. need that in the school systems mm. Yeah, but they are starting to change it a little bit over here, but hopefully they'll they'll change it, you know, worldwide. So what you've just shared with us, the most interesting part of your story that I didn't really hear a lot about, and forgive me for being so forward, is talking about that connection of self-worth and making money. Did you struggle with that at all when you went from being in debt to now making millions of dollars? Massively. Yeah. Or, and not not just at the beginning. There are times now when I struggle with that. Really? Eh? Like, yeah. I think 
I had no self-esteem in, in my you know, childhood teens and twenties because of being, I was bullied mercilessly, like uh, up to a point that I had a knife to my throat at school. Oh. And so, you know, people were telling me daily that I was worth nothing and that because I was poor, I wasn't worth nothing. And I was ugly and all the, I'll never make anything of myself and all these different things that affects you even as an adult. It's why I work with a brilliant charity now called Bullies Out because oh, I love that. It, 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 I'm an ambassador for them because it's hugely people don't realize the effects of bullying on adults later on. And so with me, my self-worth constantly went back to, well, who am I to to make money? You know, I'm nothing special and I'm very aware I'm nothing special. I have a a talent of being able to see gaps in business, but I'm, you know, there's nothing different from me and, and the person who I was, who was in debt and some of my family, you know, still living in, the debt that they were before. There's nothing different between us. And yet I was making this money and that was hard. Also, I grew up very, very religious and I'm not now, but when you grow up religious, you're told that having money is greedy and that you shouldn't want too much, that you should just be comfortable and all of those kind of things. And so for a long time, that really put me off wanting to even make any money. And I think sub, sub, a lot of this was subconscious. Mm-hmm. It wasn't things that I even knew I was thinking until I became much more self-aware and went down the self-development path and worked with people like you to kind of show what's there, what's beneath the surface, and had to do a lot of work on that and still have to do work on that. And I think I always will need to, you know, work on not, not necessarily my self-worth, but the belief of how much good I can do with money. And I think part of that is because you will have seen, if if you've looked at any of my things, I think that there's a lot in this industry that is unethical mm-hmm. online and that ha- doesn't have an integrity core to it. Mm, I agree. Um, and it's hard working in an industry that you sometimes feel like your values don't fit in with the industry's values. So I'm constantly navigating a path where I can still make a lot of money and I can still inspire people, but in a way that allows me to sleep at night mm-hmm. because I won't, I won't ever put morals over money. I just appreciate your story and your honesty so much. I really appreciate you sharing that with us. No problem. I think that if people can see that there's a different way, then we need to show them. Yeah, absolutely. And we're all worth it. It's just, you know, we all have our inner battles, you know, getting to that point of feeling the self-worth. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit more about your book before we wrap this up. And one of the big questions I have for you is there's been a lot of talk in the online space about making money online and how, I guess, consumer tastes have shifted, in, especially in 2023. Would you say that you would agree with that or have you seen those type of patterns online? Yeah, it's definitely shifted, but I think it's shifting for good. So whereas the the rhetoric out there at the moment is people aren't buying. You know, if you launch something at the moment, it's really difficult. It isn't. It's just that our audiences have grown smarter. Our audiences are, are much more aware of how we do things online now. And so we need to be able to adapt and flex to them. And I think generally what that means is 
what we're seeing is audiences taking longer to think about whether they need something. They're not getting FOMO anymore like they used to. Mm-hmm. They're not rushing into things and they're doing due diligence. And I think that's a good thing. So anyone that, you know, used to just put a link out and say, here's my course, buy it, here's a countdown timer and walk away. Yeah, that's changed. Two years ago, people would have been on that and you would have been able to easily make money from it. But now it takes more than that. It takes conversations and it takes not necessarily persuasion, but someone being there to answer the questions and being much more involved with the potential clients. And I think that's a good thing. I think that we should be doing that anyway. I think it's been really easy to kind of automate everything and move far away from your your audience and your client base. But I love being in amongst my clients. Like we're all on the same journey at the end of the day. And so when you're like that and you are having the conversations and you like people, I think it's you're not going to have any problems online in 2023. I love that. You're, and I agree with you completely. Like there, there really needs to be some ethics and in, injected back into the online space. And I love seeing people such as yourself who are doing that and, you know, offering things that are aligned with their values. Now, what would be the number one tip you would give for growing an engaged audience online? I think the biggest thing is to be real and raw. And I found this out by mistake because in the first, probably about the first two months of having my business, I decided to use Facebook ads, but I didn't really know what I was doing. And I hired somebody to do them who I should have done more due diligence on. And I lost 27,000 pounds in the first like week of using them. And this was like in the first few months of my business. It was massive (laughs) to me. And I said to them, I had a coach at the time. I said to my coach, I I always show up for my audience every week and I tell them what's gone wrong and what's gone right. And I need to tell them about this. And she said, "Don't, don't tell them this because they will lose all respect for you losing this amount of money. And if you tell them things like this, then where's the hierarchy? Like, how are they going to look up to you? And I said, it doesn't matter. Like, they need to learn from the mistakes that I'm making. Mm -hmm. And I ended up telling them, and I ended up in floods of tears telling them because I felt so ridiculous for losing this amount of money. (laughs) So, so ridiculous that I haven't used Facebook ads since. Oh, really? Literally in scarring. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) This week we we switched to them on and I still had a bit of trauma. But yeah. So I told them the truth. And then I realized after that, they trusted me because Mm. I had told them the truth. And when I get things wrong, I hold my hands up and I say, I got this wrong. And so by showing them the real, real life things, the raw, unedited, how to have a business rather than this like perfect curated, look at me, you know, doing all these lovely things, holding up balloons, saying 1 million feet, like stopping all of that and just going, actually, I'm exactly the same as you. I'm trying things and some things are working and some things aren't, and I'm learning from them. Mm. That really massively worked. And I think there's a real difference between an engaged audience, which I think is great to have, and a loyal, engaged audience, which I think is can amplify your business hugely. Yes. And I think that growing a loyal audience means you have to be loyal too. You have to tell the truth. You have to, you know, be on the ground with them and tell them when things go right and wrong and, and help them and give value. 
I love that. I just love absolutely everything that you've said to us today. So if there's one piece of parting advice you would like to give listeners, what would that be? I think the biggest thing is to remember with everything you do, the ripple effect that you can have. Like there are so many people that you can impact in such an amazing way, whatever it is you're doing, whatever you've learned, whatever mistakes you've made. So go out there and do that and and don't wait for everything to be perfect to do it. Just start. I love that. Thank you so much for joining us today. And for listeners, remember Lisa's book is Make Money Online, and we will leave the link for you to purchase that in the show notes as well. So thank you so much, Lisa. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us on the She Means Profit podcast. If you've enjoyed the show, I ask you to hit subscribe, rate the podcast and leave a review. You can find us on Instagram and LinkedIn at Melissa Houston CPA and join us in our She Means Profit Facebook group.